Hey friends, you're listening to Go Home Bob or You're Drunk, an irreverent media podcast. First Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth, and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast, we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change, it's a podcast about seeking moral high ground, and it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcast, and if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know. everybody welcome to go home bible you're drunk the podcast where we dust off our bibles and have a good laugh or cry depending on the week i'm tori i'm a former former evangelical was like raised in church but stayed in it for a really long time of my own volition because that shit's really hard to get out of but anyway now i'm out and i do this podcast i also have a co-host yeah my name is justin i was also former evangelical former pastor even paid professional christian and yeah i don't do that now uh now i'm a volunteer uh atheist bible <laughs> bible comedian <laughs> i'm gonna call myself a volunteer atheist that's how i'm gonna get around all of that yeah <laughs> yeah that's what i think i'm gonna do yeah i i volunteer to be an atheist for a couple hours every week on this podcast and and that feels good Just to me doing the people's work you know yeah that's enough atheism for me personally i feel like everyone should be allotted a certain t- amount of time a week to be an atheist. Yeah, yeah um, I agree. I think it'd be good. But so, so it's been a while since we've recorded. We recorded last on March 23rd and it is now April 6th and, and nothing has happened since then, Tori, right? Evangelicalism has remained relatively calm. It's always nice when you have those weeks of no events whatsoever. You can just relax, not think about mm-hmm. the news or, you know, the survival of the planet or any other existential crisis that may come to mind. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Some yeah. some shit has come to light. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I'm I'm feeling a way about it very unhappily, unfortunately, because I would much rather um, I'd much rather make jokes about. I don't know, Ron DeSantis and his three fingered pudding cup, but there's, there's too much yeah, shit going on in the world. Unfortunately, it's hard for that. To it's occur. hard to make what's going on right now in Tennessee and on a lot of the anti-trans stuff, but it's really happening more fiercely in Tennessee right now. At least as, as of this recording, which will debut right, next right, week, this week, it's, it's just ugly. I don't even, it's, I mean, I think a lot of podcasts, if you listen to a lot of podcasts, you've probably already heard people cover this. I don't know how much we're going to cover extra other than just, you know, there was a shooting and it's become a catalyst for a lot of anti-trans folks. Furry Ben Shapiro being one of them. Oh, I forgot about him. I spent several weeks not remembering he existed. Yeah, I, 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 you know, some people I'll name Furry Ben Shapiro. I will not name. I will not. They will get no publicity from me. 
Uh, <laughs> even though it, and we will intentionally only use the pronouns they yes. them for this individual. They them. Yes. Yeah. No. Because fuck, fuck that person. No, people. Yeah. Apparently, apparently, you know, three thousand mass shootings are done by cis people, but trans people do three of them, and that trans people are the problem. Well, and it's and a trans problem. Again, a couple of those quote unquote trans shootings are weren't trans shootings. I think that one, I forget where it, where it was, but they had claimed that the person was non-binary. And then later on, they were like, uh, actually, no, they're not. Oh, oh wait, the, sh- the, the oh, the, the shooter co- identified as non-binary. The, the color one in Colorado. There was one in Colorado. Right. Like the right, lawyers yeah, identified that. them as non-binary. And I don't know. It, After they were in jail. Yeah. I do remember. So that. it was just kind of like, mm, I mean, this this newest one in Nashville, this was a, a trans person. Um, but I mean, we have enough mass shootings in this country. Eventually, all demographics will have their own mass shooter. Sadly, Christian white Christians have the vast majority of them. Mm, mm-hmm. uh, but no one's calling for legislation to ban Christians or Christianity. Well, I mean, I probably am calling for legislation to ban white Christian men from owning AR-15s, if we're going to be totally well, honest. True, true. Like, we can do some reverse discrimination here. I would be fine with <laughs> yeah, some reverse... Some verse racism, sure. Uh huh. Yeah, I would like to be reverse racist, sexist. You have to give your AR-15 to a black man. Like that's what you have to do. <laughs> no, 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 no. I think people should only be allowed to shoot those things like at a range. You cannot bring the gun home. It does not live at your house. Yeah, we have a well-regulated. Have them- I mean, I, I'm not huge. I'm not really down for the police or the military, but we have a well-regulated militia already. If you want <laughs> right. those things, we don't need another. You can go. You know, be trained and at least have the illusion of oversight. Mm, that's true. That's true. So, yeah, uh, I mean, yes. yeah, I've, we're. I think the editorial position of this podcast is that. Civilians should not own weapons of war, like period. I, you know, I've, I have shot AR-15s myself. And while it is fun to do it, they're also, they were made to kill large numbers of people quickly. That is the design purpose of that weapon. And I say weapon intentionally, not, not firearm. And yeah. And so it should remain in the hands of people that are highly trained to kill large numbers of people quickly and not. Which should be like, Four people, maybe total on the planet. Not many people, (laughs) certainly not randos. Like, uh huh, correct. Randos with, you know, four or $500, and probably more than that, worth of disposal Mm -hmm. if you want to trick it out, worth Mm -hmm. of disposable income. So, yeah, I mean, that's, it's, it's a mess. And it's, you know, the, the Tennessee legislature is really showing its ass and banning, you know, members of color because they participated in protests. Or censuring them. I don't know. That's just breaking today. Expelling them is, I guess, the legal term in their particular state legislature. And yeah, I was a little, I was a little mm, sarcastic with with Joe Byron today on Twitter because he was like, "This is unprecedented," and I was like, "Oh, sweetheart, have you heard of the end of Reconstruction? <laughs> Let me tell you a thing about expelling lawmakers." Because, yeah, there was that was that was a thing. There were pretty consistently, even like during Reconstruction, when black people were actually being elected to like federal government in in the South, there were pretty consistently groups of of whites who would vote against seating them, even though they'd won their elections. Mm -hmm. Yeah, pretty much all of them were accused of stealing their seats or intimidating white voters 
was how they was like, yeah, you're intimidating white voters, and that's why you got elected. Where have we heard this um, rhetoric before? It's like they come up with no new ideas. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm literally reading about the 1870s, and I'm like, I've heard every single one of these lines before. This is amazing. Uh, racism yeah. really just flows one direction because because you know they're not <laughs> reading history books from the 1870s at all, right? They're reading, right. you know, whatever weirdo O'Reilly, furry Ben Shapiro, you know, is whatever writing. O'Reilly, you know, killed Jesus or whatever book. Oh my you god! Know. Oh my god! I can't! I can't! I think that honestly, though, the the thing that I the most, I suppose, indignant. My therapist and I have been talking a lot about the fact that being indignant is one of my go to emotions. Mm-hmm. I think the thing that I'm most indignant about is like the white evangelical response. <laughs> to shootings in general and it somehow just becomes this very esoteric thing that we can't explain because the lord works in mysterious ways and 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 shit apparently yeah Uh, i read i skimmed that article that you sent me from christianity today that was that was a doozy just what can we do we're just gonna pray which right it's like okay that's great it it is well with my soul you know. Okay, so uh, the, and the thing about that article that I sent you, which I don't think that the person who wrote that is necessarily a bad person. They, you know, they were just kind of sharing their perspective as a parent who has a child who goes to the school where the shooting occurred. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not shitting on them at all, in like in any way. Like on, honestly, that article legitimately made me cry, and I was also just fucking furious. Mm-hmm. Like I've, you know, I know people who lost folks in this last shooting and you know i don't i don't i don't feel like i have any reason to say anything about anyone who is grieving right now the person who wrote this particular article well i'm sure they are grieving did not lose anyone personally so uh yeah that that's it's 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 a whole mess the evangelical response is just like and in, in, it's just it's an ethical atrocity the way that they're just like we're passive agents who are all victims of God's unknowable and apparently capricious will. <laughs> like there's no way to know what to do. We just got to pray about it. It's like it's that's no. Like you're you're literally abdicating your responsibility as a human adult. Yeah, it's like there's there, they say well there's nothing that can be done, and that's the that's the frustrating thing for me is that. Like how how many times can you say there's nothing that can be done? Yeah, I think what frustrates me is is yeah that like attitude of like well you know God will God will do whatever. And what's frustrating about it to me is that they have that attitude when it comes to like problems that could be solved, but then when it comes to like trans folks, it's like we have to take America back for God. Like we're the only we're standing the ground. Like we're we're the last bastion of hope for the family or whatever. And so it's just interesting, this like odd, like within the same week, even like the government has nothing they can do. Like even the tennis, there's Tennessee legislature, you know, legislators that were like, well, there's really nothing we can do about this. You know, like I I send my I homeschool my kids like that was the that was the richest, most insane one. You know, yes, that's that's what I do to prevent this. I I homeschool my kids. Which I'm like, if you have firearms in your house, like statistically speaking, your homeschooler is not safe. But yeah, unfortunately, so it's it's just one of those things. It's like pick pick a lane or pick a <laughs> pick a response. Like yeah, either there's yep. nothing you can do about anything, 
and it's all in God's hands and you just pray and you do whatever, or like be active about everything, which I actually don't want them to be active about everything, but it's just, I would, I would appreciate consistency. Yeah. They seem pretty incapable of, of that. Yeah. And even spotting their own inconsistency. And that's, that's what, and, and we'll see that when we talk more about our topic about capitalism and stuff like the inconsistencies are, I mean, they're even in the Bible. So, yeah, and it's pretty, I mean, it, it is, it's really glaring. And I think that there is something to be said for the fact that some of us saw that and were so bothered by it that we left. Yeah. I mean, that's most people left because they saw the inconsistencies and were like, we, we can't. And it's, and, and I, I will just speak to like the fact that it, it feels like going crazy when you try to point them out to someone who hasn't seen them yet. And you're like, well, how, how do you not see this? Like, how do you not see that you're consigning children to death? Like there was a Instagram post. I forget who it was. It was a creator of color. I, I wish I could remember their name, but my recall today is just not good. That was like, he's like, functionally, we have become okay with the death of children. And I don't know what to do with that. Like we just like functionally, we've just kind of said this is fine. Mm -hmm. And well, this is a fair trade off. Yeah, this is for me to have an AR-15. Yeah, this is this is the this is the price of freedom. And I know mm -hmm. every Republican listening to this, every Republican who's ever heard me say that is like, oh, no, mm -hmm. we don't think that. And yeah, of course, that's a that's a shitty position to have. That's a fucked up position to have. And of course, you would deny that you have that. But the fact of the matter is that that's what you that's that's by default. That is your ethical position that mm -hmm. you're OK with this, because if you weren't OK with this, you would have done something. And I'll point the finger at Democrats, too, because Democrats had a lot of control several mm -hmm. times in the last, you know, 10, 15 years. They've had enough yeah. control of government to actually do something and they have it. So mm -hmm. that and that's fucking depressing, honestly. Yeah, it, it really is. And I think that I think that you're right. It, like the inconsistency is hard which is why i've started using which is why i've started using the language of of like your functional position right mm -hmm. like you can believe a thing but your functional position is pro kids being shot at, like taken out at school like that is that is a hill that you are willing to die on yeah you, and you're okay with this you mm -hmm. know because the shooter in the nashville shooting i was just like used the ar-15 to shoot the door to get in to the school so your door locks aren't working again, because this is I know people get triggered by the word assault weapon, but this is a weapon designed to assault. <laughs> right. Yeah. And to assault people and structures. So mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. you put that in people's hands. Guess what? Structures are going to be breached. And like, I don't know, it's just it, that's. And and the frustrating thing, too, is like they have this position of like, like, oh, you know, our, our hearts are wicked. You know, our, our hearts are wicked. Uh -huh. Well, then why are you handing out AR-15s? Like if people's hearts are wicked beyond, you know, whatever. And, you know, then then why are we giving away weapons of not giving away? But why are we selling weapons of war to people? Like that's that's always been my frustration with this whole thing, because the conversation is like, well, you know, humans are wicked. This This is what humans do, you know? <laughs> So maybe we should prevent them from doing it. Yeah. Let's just put I don't know. some meaningful don't know. stops to prevent this from happening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And you know, and I'm I will not defend the person that did this at all, but I will also say that had I'm guessing, 
had this trans person had support of a community as opposed to not support of a community, had access to mental health services that Republicans say they're for in situations like this, free health care, perhaps this and many other of these kind of mass shootings could have been prevented. I also don't yeah. I don't I don't want to weigh I don't want to lean too hard into that because then it gets into the like the white kid that no girl liked. You should have dated him territory. And I'm not uh-huh. saying that, but I am saying that if we as a society provided support to all individuals that were struggling free of charge, we would probably have less of these incidents. Yeah, yeah. I can only assume that that is true based on the fact that no other country has this issue. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like no other comparable country has this issue at all. Even countries that have firearms don't have this issue. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I just read the U.S. has has 46% of children in the like in wealthy nations. 46% of children in wealthy nations live in the U.S., but they are 97% of children who are killed by guns in the U.S., and it's the leading cause of death amongst children. Yeah, now it is. Because yeah. we've gotten, we've made cars safer for some reason. I don't know why. It mm-hmm. seems like such a waste, you know, because like, what are we supposed to do about that? Seatbelts, God's in control. Seatbelts and car seats infringe on my freedom, Tori. You know, what's amazing, though, is that they literally said that. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> because they have no new arguments. Yeah. It is like, this is government o- overreach in my car. Yeah. Okay. But But then they got used to it and... It's fine. Right. Because right. they saw it worked, probably. And now your Ford F-350 has a shit ton of safety features in it. Yeah, but I don't know. It's just, it's, yeah, different different standards apply to, to different tools. I just, I was reading the article that I sent you that in Christianity, in Christianity Today that was talking about, like, oh, we can just never know what God has in store for us or something, which very much seems to be, like, the 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 evangelical reply sort of across the board for people who were like proximate to this event, which is really interesting. Like I haven't read that many or like heard from, I haven't, it's not like I've listened to like dozens and dozens of people who, who were proximate to this particular shooting, but it does seem very consistent of like, well, we just don't know what the Lord's will is. Yeah. And it's like, okay, but just take, just take this logic and apply it to car crashes. Like, please. Like make this exact same argument with drunk drivers mm-hmm. and just tell me how we just don't know what the Lord's will is. So we can't infringe on people's right to drive drunk. And I'm sure you would find a dozen evangelicals that might agree with that sentiment. <laughs> but I think the vast That's majority possible. would be like, hey, yeah, you're right. That's not OK. Right. And yeah, I just it's there's no new arguments under the sun and there's not a there's not a way to make this funny or light either. But it's yeah, I yeah, it's just it's just sad. I think we're all just having a sad about it or an anger about it. And what I guess if I can offer any encouragement, whatever you're feeling is completely valid and numbing is completely valid, too, because at a certain point you can't feel all the things. There's too much to feel. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Numbing within reason. Y'all know what I'm actually talking about. I am. Yeah, I'm personally, I'm an advocate of safely self-medicating whenever you feel the need. Yeah. <laughs> Five milligrams um, of a sleep aid goes a long way. You know what? It really, it really does. If you're, if you're blessed to live in, in a place that you can get your, your hands on something to like take the edge off. 
and it's not it's not a substance it's a problem for you like do it Mm -hmm. um this is like humans have been self-medicating for hundreds of thousands of years yeah Yeah. i don't think there's anything morally wrong with that just you know don't drive your fucking car if you're drinking seems pretty seems pretty straightforward right like don't don't take your ar-15 out of your house if you're mad that day seems reasonable seems reasonable (laughs) anyway we're never gonna convince them with reason justin i don't know why we try no we're not so uh, we just need to wait for them to die let's convince them with capitalism yes which is what we're going to talk about after our capitalism break we're going to talk about christianity and capitalism and I think Christianity, capitalism, and also just Christianity's posture towards governing authorities, because maybe in different times in history, those would have been separate. But at this particular moment, they're kind of all the same thing. So we're going to take a capitalism break because it's the water we swim in and bills got to be paid. So thank you for putting up with it. And we'll see you in a little bit. First Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth, and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast, we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change. It's a podcast about seeking moral high ground. And it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcast, And if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know. Hey, thanks for taking that capitalism break with us. Um, really appreciate it and your, your support of the show. If you want to support the show directly, you can do so via Patreon, patreon.com slash gohomebible where you get access to our discord as well as we're doing a somewhat new thing where we're doing patron hangouts on the fifth Thursday of every month that has a fifth Thursday. Um, <laughs> so instead of recording, we take a break and we just kind of hang out with our patrons on discord on the video slash voice chat. And we did that last month and it was a good time. I think the next one is in June. So if you want to be a part of that, uh, join our Patreon and you can get access. We also did have a patron. I just want to call out. We have a patron named Peter who is not a new patron. He's been a patron for quite a while, but did up his donation. And I just want to say thank you for that. Every little bit helps pay the bills because podcasts like there's it's I've I've learned that somewhere in the universe, people have come to the conclusion that podcasters make a lot of money. There's like four of us that make a lot there, of money. There and are like the some, rest, not so much. Yeah, there are some podcasters that do make a lot of money, but the, the difference between like the 1% and even the 2% of podcasters. Mm-hmm. It's pretty, pretty significant. Pretty significant. And I would say generously we're in the top 60%. And that's only because the bottom 50 is like people that put out three episodes and quit. <laughs> like, yeah. So thank you for every little bit. You know, it helps us, you know, increase the quality of the show, pay our editor and a couple other things. And so we really appreciate it. And we hope to you know, be able to do more with that as our support continues to grow. Tori, do you, yes. do you have a drinking game for us as we explore this wild world of Christianity, capitalism and government? So my my suggestion for a drinking game is going to be that every time Jesus would say a person would go to hell for that, a wealthy person would go to hell. Mm-hmm. Take a drink. Okay. 
<laughs> nice. Uh, Jesus is very anti-wealthy people, which is convenient, except for none of his people apparently believe that that's true. I think this is why evangelicals default to Paul. They're like, Jesus is our mascot, but Paul is where we get all our stuff. Excellent observation. I think that's I think that's uh, yeah, pretty close to the mark. So we're going to look at some Bible. We're going to look at some history. We're going to look at some weird folks that are around. I, I do. Uh, should we start with Romans or should we start with? Let's start with Jesus. We'll start with Jesus. Okay. So right, we can do that. Jesus didn't talk about money that much. and But he did talk about money. At least in in the synoptic gospels, we're just gonna get we're gonna do a little lesson here for those of you that maybe don't know what the synoptic gospels were, or you forgot that word and it's triggered you. Um, <laughs> it my brain transferred it to the Gnostic gospels, and I was like, "What the <laughs> fuck is he going to be talking about right now?" Like, no. I'm legitimately curious. Nope, that's not. It wasn't. Well, it wasn't. Well, the story. So, so the story of Jesus like talking to the teachers of the law, the Pharisees, depending on um, which one you're looking from. It's in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. So kind of important, or at least the early Christians thought it was important. Uh, It's also in the Gospel of Thomas. So there is a Gnostic Gospel that does pick it up and do its own fun little spin on it. We really should Mm. have, we should dive into that someday, but uh, not absolutely. And essentially, it's a question where these rules lawyers of some type, a lot of times Christians call them Pharisees. Uh, That's kind of become, I mean, they are, and they were called Pharisees. Yes. But kind of saying Pharisee as a pejorative has been is more than a little anti-Semitic considering Jesus probably was a Pharisee as well. So I'll just say Mm -hmm. rules lawyers and we'll Mm -hmm. go from there. So they were like, Hey, Jesus, should we pay taxes to Caesar? And that was a big hot button issue at the time, particularly, you know, amongst Jewish folks, you know, because there was already enough tithing going on particular tax. I think it was a poll tax and there was a bunch of other stuff. So should we pay taxes to Caesar and Jesus and Jesus has a few brilliant moments. And I feel like this is one of them because he asked the people that are questioning him to give him a coin. And so they reach into their pocket and lo and behold, there's Roman money in their pocket. And he says, who's whose inscriptions on this coin? And they say Caesar. And then Jesus kind of replies with this famous line, give to Caesar what is Caesar's and give to God what is God's. And they're like amazed to like, oh, it's like that one gif of the people that are like, oh, <laughs> you know, like, you know, uh-huh. yeah. um, yes. And and then we kind of go on our merry way. And that's and that's kind of been, you know, the at least framed as like Jesus response to paying taxes or governing authorities. Like, you know, there are things that are gods and there are things that are that are Caesars Mm -hmm. and, Mm -hmm. you know, give to Caesar what is Caesars. And and he's also showing that like y'all are on the Roman, you know, on the Roman dime, Mm. too. I just this is a fun bit of trivia. The coin may have been a coin that said. Tiberius, son of the divine Augustus, which is kind of interesting mm. that it's like basically saying the son of God, but or Augustus was the son of God. I can't remember the son of the son of God, the grandson of God, the grandson <laughs> of God. Um, <laughs> so I, that there's some question as to whether that particular coin was in circulation at the time, but well, I like it as a bit of trivia. So, so it's a funny little story, and to me, it seems pretty cut and dry as like. If you're going to apply it to Christians today, there are church things and there are state things and they should remain separate. They are the same. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Haven't you ever read the Old Testament? (laughs) It's the same thing, the church and the state. Yeah. Um, (laughs) 
But it's actually it's been interesting. I was reading I was reading Wikipedia as well as a few other articles um, mm. that I kind of branched out to. So I'm Wiki- who knows if Wikipedia is a good source. Most days it's not bad, or at least it, get, it points you in a direction. I I'm think. just going to go ahead and say Wikipedia is more accurate than ChatGPT. Fair. So there's that. <laughs> and a disturbing number of people are asking ChatGPT things that ChatGPT should never be asked. <laughs> and is not qualified to answer. No, it's not your therapist. <laughs> no. Okay, sorry. It's not equipped to give you relational advice. It should not be doing your taxes. It'll try really hard, though. <laughs> it it will try very hard. It will hard. make an earnest attempt. Yeah, there was actually a researcher or somebody that asked ChatGPT to do a, to write a, an essay about the historical figure, and then they just basically gave a random name, like oh, not a real person nice. at all. Uh-huh. And ChatGPT confidently <laughs> wrote an essay. <laughs> it was like, hell yeah. Oh, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. I know this guy. Very apparently, he had a very fascinating life. <laughs> That's so great. I love it. I love it. So yeah, it's good for fiction. Wikipedia is significantly, as a percentage, significantly less fictional. Yeah. All that to say, like Christians have have wrestled with this passage a lot too, because um, there were there were Quaker war tax resisters that were mm-hmm. basically like, you know, hey, yeah. We are supposed to give actually. To, I could get with that. You know, they were like, "Yeah, we give to Caesar what Caesar's and God what's God's." But like, I, we we believe God opposes war, so we're not right. going to pay taxes that support war. Like, we'll pay general right. taxes, but if it goes toward a war, fuck no. Which I can get down with, honestly. Yes, yeah. So if there was like a line item, it's like, please do not let my taxes go towards war. I want to house the homeless. Mm-hmm. That's what I want my tax to go to. Oh man, that would be a truly democratic. On this. I w- that would be How a truly people, democratic system. If people could put their money towards a thing, where would they like their tax dollars? If you yeah. could choose like which bucket it went into, I would like to know. Yeah, that would be fascinating. So anyway, th- this passage has been debated, and it is vague. I will be honest; it is vague, mm-hmm. like most things Jesus says. It's more of like a "live, laugh, love" kind of quote. <laughs> it could mean a lot of things. It's kind of it's kind of like a mic drop quote yeah right where people are so astounded that there there are no follow-up questions yeah but <laughs> it, it does beg a lot of follow-up questions right exactly exactly yeah that there's a, there's there's a lot of there's more questions now i feel like mm-hmm. well especially now because we are caesar kind of in in a democratic mm-hmm. system i think that's where it starts to break up i yeah i mean i don't i, I mean I, I air was, quotes sorry like I was just thinking about the way that we were taught that we were constantly being persecuted when actually we were like the beneficiaries of, of all kinds of bullshit tax policies and, and manufactured wars, et cetera. Yeah. Because evangelicals again, can't help but conflate God and the government. Like there's a reason God and country is a phrase Mm -hmm. and I hate it. So, but then we have this Romans 13 passage where Paul wades in. And he just clears it right up, you know, and it's interesting because like right before Romans 13, I, sorry, I'm going to go back a second to mm. Romans 12. You know, this is where this is where the famous kind of like I offer my body as a living sacrifice. Ooh, gross. But, you know, this is what he does. You know, Paul's like talking about I don't repay evil for evil. You know, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. 
Now, then there's like the spiteful. If you do this, you're heaping burning coals on his head. But hey, you know, someone got fed. So fine. You know, so do not overcome. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So that's like the framing argument before he launches right. into let everyone be subject to the governing authorities. I feel like that's important to note that Paul is very much in the like, y'all ought to be taking care of each other, even if you don't like them. And then now everyone should submit yourselves to the governing authorities. And I'm going to read this trigger warning because I find this like now that I'm out of this to be like weird, or extra weird for there's no authority except that which God has established, which in an odd way, kind of contradicts Jesus. I think uh, authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, therefore, whoever rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted. And those who do so will bring judgment on themselves for rulers hold no terror for those who do right. But for those who do wrong, this has strong, like if you're not doing anything wrong, what's, what's, what's the problem with being what's the problem? Uh huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Do you want to be free from the fear of the one who's in authority? Then do what is right and you'll be commended for one for the one in authority is God's servant for your good. Like that's the thing. Like anyone in authority is God's servant for your good. I pause a little bit of a bootlicker for having escaped from prison. I'm fascinated <laughs> by that bit of rhetoric because I feel like it explains a lot. They're God's servants, agents of wrath to bring punishment on the wrongdoer. Therefore, it is necessary to submit to the authorities, not only because of possible punishment, but also as a matter of conscience. Then he goes on, like it's talking about paying taxes. Mm. Like, so it's like Paul, I'm, I'm just gonna say Paul's a cop for sure. Yeah. Like Paul's the kind of guy that when he gets broken out of prison by an earthquake, he tells everyone to go back to prison. <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, thoughts Tori it's amazing thoughts it's amazing yeah no Paul Paul's definitely a little bit of a bootlicker which is kind of distressing also really weird given the fact that like he knew how the Romans treated people and he was still saying this like okay this is this is legitimately making me wonder like is it is it pretty clear that Paul was the person that like wrote Romans 13 yeah I think it's it's one of the gospels that's pretty clear that he wrote it Okay, okay. Um, the other thing that comes to mind then is that the Revolutionary War was not biblical. <laughs> it was against the Bible. Yep. Uh, shouldn't have happened, which means that America, per Paul's theology, should not exist. And um, yeah, it is really weird that like God literally breaks you out of prison and you're like, no, everybody, stay here. Yeah. <laughs> this is what God yeah. wants for like- us. Yeah, I mean, Paul would Paul would be probably fiercely against the American Revolution, honestly. So, yeah, because he's more ethically consistent than evangelicals are. Yes, for sure. And I think Jesus would be as well. But here we are. So mm-hmm. like these passages are somewhat contradictory, but also, I mean, clear in the sense of like pay taxes, obey the government, you know, don't take care of people and government's here for a reason. How, how do modern evangelicals? Mm hmm then apply that like that's because I feel like they don't they apply Romans 13 submit to authorities when they're an authority and they want everyone else to toe the line when they're mm-hmm. not an authority like when you know mm-hmm. Joe Biden or Barack Obama's in office they're like not my president no I ain't submitting to that <laughs> right it doesn't count it doesn't count <laughs> right and it's it's funny because it's Paul is Paul is so explicit 
in his in stating like the people who are in authority were put there by God. Yeah, he he's definitely like all all authority and comes from evangelicals God. don't. Right, right, and evangelicals do not fuck with that at all. <laughs> like their guys are from God, nobody else's. Yeah, which is just wild to me. And then you add in capitalism and like wealthy Christians trying to influence the government, and it becomes a whole thing. Uh, and then Christian corporations that try to use the engine of capitalism for Jesus, like this whole like he gets us nonsense. Where like I don't even know what the I don't, I don't even know what the point of that ad campaign was because like everyone who's seen that has already decided. Yeah, yeah. There were there were a couple of different statements that were made. Their their explanation of why apparently Jesus needs like a marketing campaign right now. Uh, one of them was he gets us as a movement to reintroduce people to the Jesus of the Bible and his confounding love and forgiveness. Of course, this is said by an organization that gives money to politicians that want to do like genital checks on children to make sure they're the gender that they claim mm-hmm. to be. So confounding love. Huh? Indeed. They also truly. Yeah. <laughs> no, not, not the kind I'm interested in. They also say they want to help people understand the authentic Jesus as he's depicted in the Bible, the Jesus of radical uh, forgiveness, compassion, and love. No. Why are you funneling I, money? No, I don't. That's not. Why, why are you, you worship money him? into anti-trans legislation then? <laughs> right. And God, what else? I found like I found so many. I found so many good quotes on on their bullshit that I was just like, oh, man, where they were talking about all of these things that they were wanting to wanting to accomplish in their very weird just very very weird ads trying to yeah i guess make jesus seem cool while actively funding like lgbtq hate groups they uh they are very much on their bullshit jacobin um, also had a little write-up on them which uh in which they claimed that they, well, Servant Foundation, which is what is funding, he gets us, claims it exists to inspire and facilitate revolutionary biblical generosity. I just don't think that buying ad spots during the Super Bowl counts as biblical generosity. Because, like, Jesus wasn't putting up billboards about how cool his wine was. <laughs> like, yeah, he was literally just feeding people. Yeah, without I like I don't get without it. Without question and without like you know, what's your socioeconomic status or like why did you come to hear me talk and didn't think ahead to bring food? Like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, but sure, buy a billboard. Right. You know. Right, that's exactly like what would Jesus do? Take out ad space. Take out ad space and then funnel more money than what I paid for this ad into anti-trans legislation and right. line the pockets of fascists, essentially. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's it seems pretty clear to me that Jesus was anti a lot of people and was constantly trying to put people down. He was definitely like a punching down kind of a guy, you know, which I think is why, you know, people like he gets us and David Green, who is the owner of Hobby Lobby, well, former owner of Hobby Lobby because he gave it away to the people running. He gets us most likely. He won't say. <laughs> Love that. People like I know, right? Love that. People like that. Jesus was usually he was a pretty big fan of wealthy people. He thought they were doing a good job. He was like, all these poor can go fuck themselves. It was 
typically his attitude, I feel like, yeah. in the Bible. Yeah, he so. definitely was anti-poor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's the, I don't know, it, we've said it before, everyone listening to this podcast has thought it. Like, I, I think most people that are evangelicals have not actually read the Bible. I mean, it's kind of long, it's and they're true. not really readers in general. True. I mean, I mean, they have read the Bible, I should say, but like they don't, they read it in like a verse by verse context. So, right. You know, oh, I read during the Trump years one time that we ought to obey civil authorities and look at both, and, mm-hmm. and everything is outwardly projected. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's the interesting thing too. Like, I, I feel like reading the Bible changes when you're like, why don't you point that inside first? Right. Instead yeah. of giving yeah. the sermon about like, hey, all the poors, all the gays, all the whatever out there, they're mm-hmm. the recipients of this message of wrath or whatever. When the reality is Jesus' worst messages were for the ones who were probably the the, the religious rule keepers of his time. And, and again, Jesus was a Jew. It's not an anti-Jewish thing for him to do that. He was critiquing his own system from within it. And I think most good religious folks, if we're going to follow in the example of Jesus, are going to critique their religious system from within, for sure. I think that I think we're really kind of missing missing the part, though, where Jesus was walking around wearing a Gucci belt. Yeah, that's right. I, I bet if they had an Instagram of like rabbis and shoes or whatever, you know, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Jesus definitely would have been rocking the most expensive sandals in Palestine. For sure. Time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. They would have been Valentino. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, yeah. And yeah, yeah. And Hobby Lobby dude, man, he is trying to take over the world, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah. Unfortunately. He's a real peach. Billionaire is going to uh, billionaire. Yeah. So he did this whole thing. He had this interview. I think it was I think it was on Fox News, but he was talking about where he said he was giving away his company to fund Christian missions, which like cool colonizers, exactly what Jesus wanted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> everybody, everybody was just about that life, that colonizer life. But he go like his his quote is, we really wanted to do something that mattered 100 years from now instead of just absorbing things, which by which I think he means cash money the billions of dollars ourselves we wanted to do things in various ministries which like on one hand justin i think this is what you and i kind of want billionaires to do is like give their shit away on the other hand this doesn't actually solve any problems except for the problems that white evangelicals create themselves like refusing to give their employees real health insurance yeah like and hobby lobby has has fought the government the god-ordained governing authorities by the way (laughs) on providing health care for their employees and that's why david green or daniel green whatever the fuck his name is is a billionaire like Uh he's a billionaire because Uh he exploited people and didn't cover their health care amongst other things like he's not a billionaire because god just loves him so much he's god's favorite like and I was like, you, we can't uh, we can't rely on billionaires to be the ones to give away their fortunes like because no 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 I mean no absolutely not the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation is is not the worst but th- there are better ways to use that money I think absolutely absolutely a bunch of white people who make six figures in Seattle deciding what's best for like little kids in Pakistan and like Namibia like 
I get that you're trying to do a good thing, but also go fuck yourself. <laughs> like, stop. Yeah. It's like, we're going to sit down and yeah. decide what's good for these people who live 7,000 miles away, who we've never met and will never interact with. Like, okay. Okay. Sure. Yeah. This is why they should never have been allowed to become billionaires in the first place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But anyway, it, but it's, it's, yeah. And then it's like this just waste of resources to like run ads right. or to or, or to materially harm people like uh-huh. I mean, let's assume for a second and I, i'll i'll put a content warning here just as far as like if there's any trans person listening to this this i don't this is not me saying this, this is just my philosophical musings like if you do believe that a trans person is going to hell for whatever reason like what is your motivation for making their life worse now like uh-huh you know like that just, yeah. and, and I would say this about anyone in the LGBTQ community, anyone who's a person of color or whatever, like anyone who has an ideology different than they do. Like I saw a tweet the other day that said, you know, Democrats are Satanists are, are basically said Democrats are functionally Satanists. And it's like, uh, let's just uh, assume okay. for a second you believe that like we're all go- everyone that disagrees with you is going to hell. Let's just assume that for a moment. And everyone who like, why do you want to make our lives worse? Why do you want to harm a trans child? Like, you know, that that's where I'm like, you're just an asshole and you're using religion to justify Mm -hmm. being an asshole. And that needs to be stated more frequently and with our full throats. Like, Mm -hmm. because again, to me, like, this is not the way of Jesus. Like, I have beefs and issues with Christianity theologically that I can go on all day about. But like hurting children Right. You know, like, fuck right. you, like tie a millstone around your uh, neck and go jump in the ocean. Like, yeah, yeah. And, like, and, and that's not violent rhetoric. That's me quoting the fucking Bible. So, <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. And um, something that something that's really interesting to me, you know, somebody who spends a lot of time like studying and reading about American history and racism is there is very much within within kind of all of Christianity, whether or not it's Protestant, there is very much this idea of like suffering purifies one's soul. So even if a person is not Mm -hmm. going to go to heaven, it's still good to harm them because suffering is good for their soul. And maybe it will make them like, I don't know, see the light. Essentially, if we hurt you enough, you'll eventually Mm -hmm. capitulate and then you will be happy, which is gross and inaccurate because that's not how it works but i definitely think that there's a lot of that theology sort of baked into like white evangelicalism especially yeah that like Like, oh let's hurt people yeah i mean and it's and that's you know somewhat found in first or second i think it's second thessalonians where it's like the person that doesn't work doesn't get to eat you know which again in context like i've probably said this before but the kind of the theme of first Thessalonians is Jesus is coming soon. And then the theme of right. second Thessalonians is, but not that soon. <laughs> cause, he, Cause the person that's writing it is actually referencing people quitting their jobs because Jesus is coming back. A thing that Christians have done. Yeah. And so it's, so, you know, the, the writer of that letter is like, uh, actually guys, you know, like if someone's quitting their job, they, they don't get to eat. And it's, it's a specific piece of advice for that particular community at that particular mm-hmm. time, which I don't even know that that's good advice, frankly, but still like don't lump that into some Protestant work ethic and cause people right. to suffer. 
And every, honestly, right. every trans person I know actually has a job and does work and contributes to society and pays their taxes. Like I, I know very few of them that are layabouts, you know, like, so <laughs> like, I know most of us are not like, not saying, not speak, saying us like trans people. Cause I don't, I don't know what gender means, but like most, most of us in terms of queer people are not really like, we're not uh, independently wealthy and just sitting on our asses all day. Yeah. So yeah, no, not so much. So it's, it's, it's just really, it just comes down to like what bathroom you're going to use. And at that point I'm like, I, I don't care who I shit next to. I don't like, I just like, I'm sorry for whoever it is actually yeah. don't care what's in your pants. Yeah. I, you know, and, and yeah, and that's just the, fr- it's the, it's this myop myopic culture war that they use to get votes, but unfortunately real people are harmed and, and, mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and that's, and it's funded by capitalism and it's funded by these yeah. Christians that can, that feel like they can pick and choose what governing authorities they can listen to. And they, I mean, they even say it like, yeah, the Democrats are satanic. Yeah. Therefore God can't have ordained them to be an authority. They must've cheated or lied or stolen it or something which is really funny because then it's saying that like god isn't sovereign and also and the bible is wrong Mm -hmm. yeah you're directly contradicting the pretty actually pretty i mean the bible isn't clear on many things but paul is very clear in Romans 13 that all authority every authority you've ever encountered in your life is god ordained which again i disagree with but if you're a christian that takes the bible seriously you uh-huh. you you don't get that get out of jail free card, right? <laughs> I, I don't just I just don't agree with that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think that there is, I think alongside the like suffering is it's good to make people suffer. There's also this idea that like if someone has wealth, that that is evidence that God has blessed them, regardless of the rest of their behavior or what they what they do with um, that. Unless wealth. you're George Soros. Unless you're George Soros, in which case you're running the pizza shop basement kid factory that, you yeah. know, doesn't exist. Yeah. Yeah. And no, it's, 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 it's all, it's all very, there's always exceptions. Like this is, this is what's amazing about evangelical theology, like white evangelical theology is there are always exceptions to the rule for them only, not for anybody else. But like if they need to not do something, they don't have to do it because and they will pull out a Bible verse. Yeah. Because prayer Jabez. Uh huh. Yeah. Yep. Because prayer Jabez. Because <sighs> Protestant work ethic. All of the above. Yeah. I don't. I don't get it. I think we'll we'll definitely cover this more over the weeks. But it's it. Again, it's wild to watch folks twist themselves into these ethical knots and not see the insanity that's created. You know, humans are sinful. We need to give them guns. All authority is from God, except the authority we don't like, you know, give to Caesar what is Caesar's, you know, unless Caesar wants it to help the poor. Right. Yeah. I don't, I don't want my tax dollars going to bail out college students, you know? Right. Right. Totally. I want, I want my tax dollars going to put, going to take trans kids away from their parents yeah which okay fills me with (laughs) rage yeah more Uh cops to take the trans kids away from 
their parents like that's, you know that's... always need more cops can't can't have an and I, well yeah and you know what's really you know what i i'm really entertained by personally is the fact that like when with the this i don't know why this connects except for like the entire double standard of like of of trump being trump being arraigned right yes. and people who participated in like January 6th going like, Oh, we need to go to Washington DC to like protest on behalf of Trump and what have you. And right. Like, 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 God, that happened this last two weeks too. I'm sorry. We need to go to New York city. People who were in Washington DC were like saying we need to go to New York city to like protest on behalf of Trump. Yeah. That's one of, one of the many things that has happened in the last, since we recorded last, but it is, it's really interesting, right? Like, like January 6th is such an acute example of like, the law doesn't apply to me. Yeah. Right. For sure. It applies to black lives matter. It applies to anti-fascists. It's just, it like, it applies to trans kids, which is why we're trying to change the law to hurt them, but it doesn't apply to me. Yeah. Like no right? one, because God wants Trump to be in yeah, charge. No one like, so, you know, these black men who were protesting gun violence, they get expelled from the Tennessee legislature, but Marjorie Taylor mm-hmm. green, who's out simping for Trump, a, a person that incited an insurrection, and broke the right. law in multiple ways. Like the New yeah. York cases are only one of many. Mm-hmm. No one's expelling her from Congress, you know? Like, uh-huh. yeah. Yeah. F- fuck. She's not even being expelled from her church and she's an absolute piece of shit. Yeah. Like there you go. Andy Stanley. There's, there's something you could do. <laughs> Make the world a better place. Like, not supporting Marjorie Taylor green, mm-hmm. but I'm sure she gives him lots of money. So, <laughs> I mean, I don't know if she gives him lots of money because I don't know if she has lots of money, but I'm sure that she gets him like more tax breaks than he already has, which means he's actually earning money back on his taxes for not doing anything. But whatever. Yeah. It's a technicality. Yeah, true. Some Somehow he materially benefits from her staying in office. And so she remains a member uh-huh. in good standing of his church. <sighs> <sighs> yeah. Well, folks. Good Christian. Good Christian. Good Christian folks doing the lord's work i mean this was not the most fun episode we've ever done and it was a little bit all over the place i think mostly because we're just trying to catch up we're trying to like figure out ways to cover this and it's it's been fucking wild to to do so thank you for listening and for your support and listening our our podcast honestly i did i did want to mention this before like our audience is growing a lot lately um and that's Mm. been really that's been very much an honor and i'm very grateful for it and we're trying to figure out ways to manage that well and so thank you uh but also uh take care of yourselves like after this episode like drink some water do some stretching get out and touch grass if you will do something Mm -hmm. good for yourself because we need to indeed we need to remember that we're humans and bodies not made for the world that we live in (laughs) Uh, (laughs) which is made for robots yeah for sure oh my gosh yes indeed so any final thoughts Tori before we log off um yeah no I absolutely want to echo what you just said it is I'm discovering as I am almost 39 fucking years old that uh yeah having a body means you actually have to take care of it otherwise it your brain doesn't doesn't like existing in the world so yeah take like five or ten minutes and like decompress turn your phone off just yeah go outside whatever it is you need to do all the way here for that so basically exactly what you said justin (laughs) i'm glad we're in agreement so Mm -hmm. well thanks everybody we'll see you next week 
First Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth, and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast, we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change. It's a podcast about seeking moral high ground. And it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcast, And if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know.